1: Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com.
2: Powered by E.P. Wealth. Let's talk money. stock investing. Let's talk retirement. Let's talk economies. Let's talk earnings season. All topics are fair play here. If you want to talk love, yes, there's a money angle on love. Barron's actually publishes a list of stocks to give to your valentine i.e. stocks that in their mind that have been screened as having little downside risk, more upside return. I'll go over that with you in a little bit, so stay tuned. Um, Awful news last night out of Michigan State University. A gunman killed three people and injured five more after opening fire in two campus buildings. Suspect is a 43-year-old man. He died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound hours later. One thing that's different from the United States and other countries, you don't fear for your life in other countries of of a mass shooting. It's actually quite nice to vacation overseas, because one thing that, that tends to come out is we don't have to be on edge. And it takes a psychological toll, but I digress. Yesterday was a big day on Wall Street. The NASDAQ was up 1.4%. The NA- S P 500 was up 1.1%. The Dow was up 1.1%. Nice day. Stock started the week off strong with investors betting that the CPI number today would give them some love. Um, I'll get to the CPI number in just a second. I want to hit some other headlines first. New York financial regulators ordered Paxos to stop issuing Binance's branded stablecoin. Paxos is facing potential litigation from the SEC, with the agency likely to contend that the stablecoin, a type of crypto that aims to maintain a consistent value as a security and therefore subject to securities laws. Interesting quote out Warren Buffett today. You can give me, I wouldn't take all the crypto in the world for $25. Now, Warren, I, I'll take the deal, but you don't have to. I get your point. I'm with you. I don't own any crypto either. Um, until this whole crackdown goes and we know the rules, uh, it just, it's kind of similar, kind of different marijuana business. In the United States, marijuana is legal in many states now, but it's still very tough to do banking um, I don't sell and I don't have a store or anything like that, but that's that's the, the, the story on the street. The United States government still hasn't shared a lot of details about the three objects it shot out of the sky in the days after it felled a suspected Chinese spy balloon. Um, this story doesn't have a lot of depth for me. I have to give it up and say, okay, we're probably not going to be investing in uh, missiles to shoot down balloons. I'm thinking not, but... Let's, no, I'm thinking not. Sometimes you see a story and you just have to say, okay, there's nothing financial to that. Okay, you can talk about the relationship between the United States and China for sure. Teenage girls are struggling. The CDC's chief medical officer said yesterday that teen girls are engulfed in a growing wave of sadness, violence, and trauma. Report showing 57% of teenage girls felt persistently sad or hopeless in 2021. About 30% of teen girls had seriously considered suicide up from 19% 10 years earlier, and 18% have said they've experienced sexual violence. Um, mental health is really, really important. Amazon's self-driving car subsidiary, Zoox, took passengers on public roads for the first time. Ford is working with a Chinese supplier to build a new $3.5 billion electrical vehicle battery plant in Michigan. That's not odd thing. Ford, U.S. company, is working with a Chinese supplier to build a electric vehicle battery plant in Michigan. Um, Michigan. Not exactly the hotbed of tech investments, but we'll go with it. Mars, the candy bar company, Mars Wrigley, has been fined by U.S. safety regulators after two workers fell into a vat of chocolate at a Pennsylvania factory. I love that story. I don't know why. Um, here's another story that I love enormously. This one makes more sense. The Hanover State Opera suspended its ballet director for smearing dog poop on a newspaper critic's face over a bad review. Wow. That's all I'm going to say is wow. Fortunately, that was not me. Let's talk about some other big stories out today. The CPI report. Consumer Price Index. It's got mixed feelings on the day of love, Valentine's Day. It looked like the stock market was celebrating Valentine's Day because there was a lot of love for stocks yesterday. There's been some whipsaw trading action following the CPI report. Total CPI increased one half of 1% month over month. Following last month's upwardly revised one-tenth of a percent increase. If you exclude food and energy, it increased four-tenths of 1% month-over-month. On a year-over-year basis, CPI is up 6.4%, the smallest 12-month increase since the period ending October 21. Still year-over-year levels, not as low as expected. And it was the smallest increase since December 2021. So I don't think we got... Great numbers. I don't think we got horrible numbers from CPI. The key takeaway is that there's been a clear deceleration from peak inflation. The inflation rates are not nearly low enough to suggest the Fed would be even thinking about cutting rates this year. Two months in. I don't think we get to a cut this year. And if we do, it's going to be like November, December. The inflation report is drowning out most other news items today. Coca-Cola had a nice quarter. Issued better than expected financial guidance. President Biden is going to name Fed Vice Chair Lael Brainard to be the director of National Economic Council later this week. That will create an opening at the Fed. The Eurozone reported fourth quarter GDP of one tenth of one percent quarter over quarter, very anemic. So that's the big headline news out today. The CPI number wasn't too hot. But it wasn't cold enough. It was a little bit uh, problematic. Consumer price index showed continued deceleration for peak inflation, but inflation remains very high. Continued strength of the mega cap space today is boosting Nasdaq's performance. Remember, 113 million people watch the Super Bowl in the United States, and Facebook has 2 billion users worldwide. Showing you eyeballs are important for advertisers. What is interesting is to me, Facebook just has to clean up their act so that advertisers want to be with them. That had to be expensive um, with political issues, with political issues, uh, staining a company. Stocks have got off to a blazing start in 2023. But the rally has tapered off in the last two weeks. Both the Nasdaq and the SP 500 are coming off their worst weeks of the year. Losses have been accompanied by increased volatility, which isn't uncommon ahead of fresh economic data. One minute. Markets have cheered on hopes of a central bank pause or pivot. Jerome Powell has pushed back on the narrative, trying to signal that more pain could loom. So, so that's I think that's where we are right now. Um Big short investor Michael Burry and Wharton professor Jeremy Siegel have cautioned that stocks are set to plunge sooner rather than later. With the recent market rally, I'm looking at my portfolio and saying, is there anything I don't want? I like selling into strength. I like buying into weakness within a reason. Not always. Not simple. Got a big event coming up in March in the East Bay. You can find out more by going to robblackshow.com and hitting the events page. Rob Black.
1: Don't want to work forever? Check out the retirement planning guide on robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by E.P. Wealth.
2: I think this is a show ultimately about building wealth. And I think that's a very difficult thing to pull off. It feels like it's getting more and more difficult. Whether you get a boost from an inheritance, that's always nice. One in three millennials are expecting to inherit money. That is an interest. Oh, I'm sorry. Half of millennials expect to inherit money. Word I don't like there is expect. Sometimes we can see the data that the great wealth transfer. It's going to happen as baby boomer generation begins passing on their estimated $68 trillion worth of assets where half of millennials are expected to receive an inheritance. Many will be disappointed to find out that they're not getting one or they're not getting as much as they hoped. But if you're going to get a windfall, at least be ready for it. Okay, Talk about what to expect. Make a plan for the cash coming your way. My mother died a year and a half ago, and her estate's still not quite settled because during COVID, when you died, suddenly going to a court and getting a stamp on something uh, was a mail-it-in process. And she died with a will, but not with a trust. It would have been a lot faster with a trust, but that's okay. So a person leaving an inheritance may or may not decide to tell the recipient that anything is coming their way. But families who have these conversations can put the recipient of the money in a much better position. I've started having talks about money with my children and what it's going to look like. My kids will get a big chunk of change when they turn 25. They will get another chunk of change when they turn 35. And they will get a final chunk of change when they're 40, probably 40, 45. Um, the idea is it took me 20 years to really get good with handling money. It'll probably take them the same amount, give that money to an 18 year old and it'll be gone by the time he's 25. So I've started saying this is how it's going to happen, which probably means you're not going to be super wealthy when you're 20, when you're 25. I've also set it up so that if you get married, it it stays in your name and there's no way to change that. So if you get married and then you get divorced, my first marriage lasted under a year. It's the most humiliating thing I could tell you right now. Because I thought it was going to be forever. Nope. I certainly had a role in it. So um, I think we both had expectations that it was going to be better than it was. Hmm. Um, I've got a friend right now. She's uh about to inherit a lot of money but the uncle has to die or the grandfather has to die first receiving an inheritance especially a substantial one can be exciting a lot of people don't realize that you know to get an inheritance your grandfather has to die so you're gonna have to grieve and wow look at that with an inheritance i always want people to cover the basics I'm lucky that when my mom's distribution comes in the next two to three months, that it's going, I don't need it to cover my basics and I'm just putting it straight into an income fund and letting it reinvest, maybe a growth and income fund. I don't know. I'll make that decision based on current market conditions in a month or two, but it's not going to be exciting. Um, but I do have a plan. So let's talk about ways of building wealth on your own other than an inheritance. Let's level up your financial ideas. You need to learn to navigate debt. You need to buy real estate. You need to get, you know negotiate compensation, earn money, and investing. The sooner you start in your 20s, I think the better. Um, the broader financial services industry is still a majority white male. It needs to have a better understanding of the background of clients who may be different than themselves and who may face a racial wealth gap. One of the dumbest things I do to tell you is just get started. There's an app called Acorns, A-C-O-R-N-S, and it takes your credit card purchases or your debit card purchases and it rounds them up. So if you have a restaurant meal at $14.22, It's going to round it up to $15 and take 78 cents and invest it for you. Acorns, little teeny tiny nut grows in a big tree over time. I started this maybe three years ago. And those little teeny tiny credit card processes in a down market being put into the stock market. It's now at 58,000. Let me pull it up. So I have it, and I'm just showing you that in three years, I've been able to create wealth. Now, again, I'm doing a lot more transactions than the average person. Let's see. Go to my finances, hit acorns. And as of this morning, $58,660. Start small. It's okay. Um, You're 401k at your company. I get paid two hours a day by my radio company. I make close to minimum wage. Um, So I'm not doing it for the money. But I put 60% of my earnings into a 401k. And that, too, over the last five years, seven years, has grown into about $30,000. Not a small amount of money. Not a small amount of money at all. And if I was in my 20s, that would be a lot of money for my future. It's worthy of note. My industry has a lack of transparency. And a lot of it. So I try to be as transparent as I can. And there's a lack of education overall in the United States in financial services. So I try to do as much as I can. I was really, really proud of my company. They put up a um, big investment piece on LinkedIn so anyone can get it. And I was like, I'm proud of that. Companies that are transparent and companies that share information for others to consume, I think are, are doing a great service. Whether you're making $40,000 a year or $800,000 a year, I think investing is important, even if you're investing just $50 a month. Over forty years at fifty dollars a month, if it earns nine percent, turns into two hundred and forty thousand dollars so fifty dollars a month each month, twelve months a year for forty years, nine percent stock market return equals two hundred and forty thousand dollars. So yes, you can create wealth if you start early enough, give yourself time and you can start with small amounts of money. you got to watch out for debt. And try not to take on too much real estate that you can't handle in a worst case scenario, like you lose a job. Marriage is important, too, because it can be expensive if it's, if it's the wrong one. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Big event coming up. Sign up at RobBlackShow.com.
1: Visit the Rob Black Show online at RobBlackShow.com. Listen to archived podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth Certified Financial Planners online at RobBlackShow.com.
2: I'm Rob Black. And uh, Bob and we even get you to retirement. Evictions are picking up across the United States. That would be stressful with most pandemic era eviction protections having expired and rents rising. The number of tenants coming home to find notices on the doors is picking up behind on your rent. will make you feel displaced, no doubt about it. Try to familiarize yourself with tenant rights. Pandemic has ushered in a new set of protections. It's worth researching and familiarizing yourself on any rights that you may be provided or entitled to. In certain areas of the United States, for instance, landlords are now limited in how much they can raise your rent. If you're facing eviction because of an increase that was illegal, it's worth knowing you may be able to bring this up in a housing court or with your landlord. Um, I like communication. I am a landlord. And I love it when my tenant communicates with me. Whether it's obviously through my property manager it's nice to get a message saying, you know, hey, uh stove's not working quite right. I'm like, "Okay, let's get a new stove." Um, the gutters need to be uh cleaned." I'm like, "Okay, let's let's get a gutter company out there." I'm good with all that. And you should be too. Anyhow, I'm digressing. I'm Rob Black talking to all things financial, money, investing and more. Evictions are on the rise. Oh, what else can I say about that? Rental assistance programs are out there. One thing that you got to look for, them, though. One thing that I don't like is scenarios where Joe Biden's saying, you know, we got to stop landlords from raising rents. I'm like, there's a big difference between El Paso, Texas, and sacramento california and seattle washington like there are big differences in how real estate works and what the average cost is for living in such cities so it always kind of freaks me out a little bit warren buffett the greatest of all time you can jibber jabber all you want about michael jordan or lebron james i don't care tom brady or aaron Rodgers. i don't care no one touches the greatest of all time, Warren Buffett, when it comes to investing. Um, not someone who invented something, like Elon Musk, really came out with a great electric vehicle car. He's earned his billions differently than Warren Buffett did. Warren Buffett did it by being a businessman and being an investor. I'm sure there was some perks along the way that he got that you and I don't get. But he's making some moves in the stock market right now, and it has me fascinated. I have no shame. I will study other people like Warren Buffett, and I will try to take what I can from it. He owns a company called Berkshire Hathaway. Now, he's not quite as in charge as he used to be and he set up some lieutenants for success when he does pass, which could be any day. He added to a stake in Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing, TSM. So I'm writing that one down because I told you I have an inheritance coming. A big chunk of change in a couple months. And Taiwan Semiconductor makes equipment that ultimately is used to make semiconductors. So if Tesla needs a semiconductor, they call Taiwan Semi. And Taiwan is like, "Uh, what you need? And he goes, I need a semiconductor that can put in a balloon, and I'm gonna tie that balloon to a Tesla and put it up in the air. And Taiwan Semi will design it and basically make it. Put it in the oven, cook it. Out comes a new Tesla semiconductor. It's not quite how it works. But for the sake of a good story, let's go with it. Um, Warren Buffett just did a 13F filing, and you can see a lot of what he's buying and selling. Um, you got to go to sec.gov. It is the most boring part of my job reading through regulatory filings. It's probably ruined my eyeballs by at least one or two levels of glasses. Some Berkshire observers think Buffett likely opted to liquidate. All or most of his Allegheny's $2 billion portfolio, which included stocks such as J.P. Morgan Chase, Roper Technologies, and Microsoft. It's going to be interesting to see if Berkshire picked up its pace of investments in the fourth quarter after a relatively inactive third quarter. The biggest move in the third quarter was the purchase of 60 million shares of Taiwan Semiconductor, the big chip maker. That's been one of Berkshire's better purchases in recent years. Stocks at 95, up 20% from its third quarter average. He owns a big chunk of Apple. He sold formerly large bank holdings in recent years, including JP Morgan, Goldman Sachs and Wells Fargo. All those sales were very poorly timed. For the greatest, he's making some mistakes, right? He probably continued um, to pair his holdings in Activision Blizzard. This is some conflicting information I'm getting. Is he pairing or is he adding Activision trades at $75.65, well below Microsoft's takeover offer of 95 He has 60 million shares as of September 30th, down 8 million shares in the quarter. Ultimately, the stock is getting a big discount right now because it's thought that Activision is too big to be acquired by Microsoft and it'll create anti-competitive issues. It's hard to see that when Sony and Nintendo outsell Microsoft. But it's also easy to see it when you start thinking about Microsoft doesn't have to make money on video games. They can make money on hardware. They can make money on Azure, their cloud service. Microsoft's cloud service is used by Sony. How how cool is that? It's good to be the king. Berkshire may have continued to add to its position of Chevron. It bought about 500 million of the stock in the third quarter. Owns about 170 million shares now, worth about 29 billion. He has a 9% stake in the oil company and is its largest shareholder. That's pretty cool. Um, What's interesting when you start seeing articles on Warren Buffett, people have to be mean trolls. I don't get it. So can't we just appreciate one person? Can't we all agree to appreciate? He's our grandfather of money. Can't we just say he's adorable? Do we have to call him a lefty, a communist? Um, keep in mind he still owns the same house they bought in the fifties. Like that's nuts. That's crazy. You can find me online at Rob Black Show Twitter, Rob Black Show YouTube, Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I have said this, and I will say it again: the day that Warren Buffett dies, I will, I will cry. I will maybe not cry. Now, I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to be that bad. But uh, Berkshire Hathaway, every now and then they do. They, they pull these. Like, did he just really purchase what I think he purchased? he purchased in 2017 three billion dollars for a 39 percent interest in pilot flying j the country's leading operator of truck stops think about that for a second truck stops what other businesses like you probably would have thought about that one the company pilot flying j had sales of forty five billion in two thousand twenty one, up from about twenty billion in two thousand seventeen. It's the fifth largest private company ranked by revenue in twenty twenty two. He's written enthusiastically about the company in his annual letter. Um, Big Jim Hoslem started what became Pilot Traveler Centers in nineteen fifty eight by purchasing a service station for six thousand dollars. And him and his son bought into more and more truck stops. And now he's the king of truck stops. And ultimately what it comes down to, it's a monopoly board of where can truckers park their rigs and get food? And you can't just pull into any old 7-Eleven as an 18-wheeler. Interesting, right? You're like, Warren Buffett? You surprise me. He has been a large shareholder in Kraft Heinz. And Occidental Petroleum. So anytime I look around what he's buying, sometimes I go, "Eh, I'm not a Kraft Heinz kind of guy. Some of it I instantly file away of. No, 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 not not for me. The non craft investments had nearly 500 million dollars of net income in the first nine months of 2022. He likes cash flow. He likes to be given cash every 90 days by the companies that he owns. When I retire, I want to live 100% off the cash the companies that I own give me in dividends. Then therefore I could live, especially to 100 if the companies are slowly raising their dividends over time to kind of match with inflation. Now, again, I expect the first 10 years of retirement to be much more expensive than the last 20, but we'll see. Um and I'm giving myself thirty years. I'm not saying I'm gonna live it to hundred. I don't think I have. I think I've lived a little bit too hard for that. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Big event coming up in the East Bay, in the East Bay in March. Lafayette. You can sign up today at Robblackshow.com. It's Rob Black Show.com.
1: Questions about Social Security? Check out the Social Security Retirement Guide at Rob Black.com. That's robblack.com, powered by E.P. Wealth.
2: Prices are still rising. Prices are rising, rising, rising. Prices are still rising sharply for many items. In a non-perfect world, here's a perfect explanation. Bacon prices are falling. Egg prices are skyrocketing. You know, you want a bacon and egg breakfast. You can't have it all. The unaffordable pantry. Eggs are up 60% in price in the last 12 months. Butter is up 35%. Lettuce is up 22%. Flour is up 23%. Cookies up 18%. Ice cream up 16%. Right? Now, area where prices are falling... Um telephones, televisions, used cars, computers, bacon, beef. Beef's down about four percent year over year. Gasoline still down, although it's been rising recently. So the short term trend is gasoline and prices are rising. Long term trend or the medium term of a year, prices are lower. Women's dresses are down 2.3%. I know you're saying, that's an odd one. Trust me, the Bureau of Labor Statistics and uh, the CPI, when you put these two together, it's crazy data that you get. You know, early on in my career, one of the things that I did really, really well and I'm proud of is I did a lot of research on the U.S. Census. And just studying the statistics of, our aging population, the baby boomers, and they've created lots of wealth to the tune of, it's going to be one of the biggest transfers of wealth, $68 trillion when they die, when grandpa starts giving granddaughter money. um, It's nice. So be prepared if that's the case talk to your heirs that you're going to be giving them some do re mi. so i don't want to hit too much on the unaffordable pantry um, i do want to hit a little bit more on love barons is a financial magazine they do a lot of reporting that i like it works with radio for instance um, how about giving your love a dozen stocks for valentine's day it's an interesting concept my brother michael uh quickly found out women want romance more so than they want a 401k his first wife was given the option of do you want fifty thousand dollars for the wedding or fifty thousand dollars in your 401k they took the wedding and they didn't last very long just saying not laughing just saying so this is pretty interesting. What Barron's does is they run a a scan uh, to screen out winners and losers. They're looking for companies who um, have a certain buy, rate, buy, rating rate, uh, buy rating ratio. So they're loved by Wall Street. That Their target price are up 20% or more from where they currently are. So, what they want is a lot of analysts saying, we think the stock has 20 to 30% upside. Making their list, Amazon.com. Hey, honey, I'm home. Did you bring me roses? No. Did you bring me lingerie? No. How about a share of Amazon at $100 a share? Love, love. Some other names on this list Disney. Upside would be about 21% from all the analysts who have buy ratings on it. Their average buy rating is a target is $131. It's currently at 107 Humana. I like Humana as a long-term investment in healthcare. Um, It plays on the insurance side of the fence, which I, I, if there's one thing that I, I despise and I hate it's dealing with insurance companies on health benefits. Um, Okay, so your son is seeing a specialist to help him with executive functioning. Yes, Uh, but we're not going to cover that, even though this doctor is in our network, because you got to get a prescription. I'm like, okay, how do I get a prescription? Like, that's okay. It's just that's the easy one where I look stupid. They make me look stupid a lot with my claims, and it turns into a whole job of filing claims against insurance companies. Anyway, Halliburton makes this list. Alaska Airlines makes the list, Delta Airlines. Did you hear about the Delta flight that was 700 feet um, from smacking into the Pacific Ocean? It was in takeoff and it was stormy and it, it just started to dive. Um, that's stressful. Just reading stories about that, I don't like. United Healthcare is on the list. So, anyway, it's a funny list. Um, and again, it's going after uh, companies that have buy ratings, strong support amongst analysts, and price targets that are significantly higher than where the stock is currently. The National Retail Federation projects an average person will spend over $190 on Valentine's Day in 2023, up from 175 in 2022. Whereas if you buy one stock from this list, All 12 stocks, you'd spend $2,300. I think that's going to be a better investment. But for the record, I don't like picking stocks just on stock screens. And you need to consult a broker advisor for taking action on any stocks ever mentioned on this show. I think stock screens can be lovely. um, If you're looking for like price-to-sales ratios or price-to-earnings or how much debt does a company have. But, yeah, I got to do a little bit more work than just... Putting numbers in and seeing numbers crunched and stock symbols come out. If it were that easy, oh joy. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Big event coming up in the East Bay, woohoo, in March. More details on it coming on air. But if you want to get a sneak peek and sign up today, check it out at roblaxshow.com. It's a Saturday event in March in Lafayette.